Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, tonight's message is second in a series called God Trusts You More Than You Think. Tonight's one is the fight for your future. I'll ring that bell in a minute and tell you why. Um, The fight for your future. Um, We have an essential enemy that God in his wisdom thought we need. Uh, I don't like it. I hate it, but I need resistance to make me strong. If you go swimming, the water provides the resistance that makes you fitter. If you go running when you go up a hill, gravity provides the resistance that makes you stronger and fitter. And so it is in our spiritual walk as we face difficulties and we let the Holy Spirit lead us and we kind of grab onto God, not in our own strength, strength but relying on his strength, we become stronger spiritually and that can take us into what God has for our lives. Um, I found an amazing scripture this morning that I'll read to you in a little while, but it kind of blew me out. Um, There's an old story about in the days before refrigeration when they used to want to bring the English like certain types of fish like cod and herring and they used to bring some over in boats and how they kept them alive because the water would go stale and a lot of them would die, they would take one pike and put it in the fish tank, like they were giant fish tanks, about half the size of this room, Um, and they'd put one enemy fish in there and he would chase them around and that would keep them moving and they had like an 80% higher success rate of keeping the fish alive because they had an enemy in the tank with them, chasing them around, making them swim. So there's something for us in resistance. We don't like it, but it's good for us. God has chosen you, this is the main thing I want to say tonight, God has chosen you to be a history maker for your family. You are fighting for the generations that come after you. And I've been here long enough to see that happen through the generations in a family where someone will come in and get saved. It doesn't mean your family won't go through stuff, but I'll tell you, your family will be a lot better off in the long run having, having God in there with them than what they'll be without him. And I've seen it make a massive difference over, over a lot of families. Let me just read a scripture to you, um, Mark 4, 35 to 41. It's, it's Jesus and the storm in the boat. But let, let me just read it because I, I want to show you something interesting. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is out of Mark 4, "Um, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along and just, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Not that wise to make an accusation against God. You sometimes feel like saying, don't you care, God, I'm going through this. But you've got to be careful with that. He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. But... The key of the story that I want to bring out tonight is what happens next. Because in chapter 5, it says, They went across the lake to the regions of the Gerasenes. And a guy with an evil spirit came out. And this is where he says, Name yourself. And he goes, Legion, Fry, and Manny. And they do the whole thing where he casts them into the herd of pigs. And the herd of pigs run and jump off the cliff and drown, thus destroying the complete bacon industry (laughs) 
at that time. The whole town came out because everybody heard. Unfortunately, they drew the wrong conclusion. They found the demoniac completely healed, a guy that had caused hassles to them all for years. Now he's healed, but instead of picking up the message off, this guy's got some power from God, we better listen to him, they ask him to leave the region. Now, wrong response, but nevertheless, Jesus was on his way to have an effect on an entire region, a region where he raised a girl, young girl from the dead and the region where the woman with the issue of the blood came up and touched the hem of his garment and was healed. He was moving along to have a massive impact. Now, watch this. So it seems to me that the storm rose up to try and cut Jesus off from where he was going. I always thought the story was about the disciples learning a lesson, but it seems to me as I get older and think about it, that they were just caught up in Jesus' hassles. Have you ever found that? Because you're a Christian, it just means some stuff's going to be a hassle for you. It's kind of, it's God's battle and you're stuck in the middle of it. And sometimes there's a truth in that. Nevertheless, you will get, you will get rescued in that. Um, a lady uh, who's Roz's clinical, clinical what? Supervisor. And she's a psychologist. Well, came and spoke to our staff. Gee, she said some interesting things, Dinah. She said, beware of your false self um, because your false self, the one you want to create that, you know, that people like and the image you like to portray, it, it wants to control things and we have to be very care about the controller in us. Rosa spent 30 years trying to get the controller out of me and <laughs> we're going all right. <laughs> There's a sense of stop trying to control your life. Do you know what? Even being a senior pastor... I have had some significant conflict with the odd person over the years because they come into the church and they're nice to us, but they have an agenda. They want to they wanna make progress. They want a position. They want to fulfill their ministry and they feel it's your job to make sure that happens. But they're nice and as soon as you disagree with them and don't cooperate with their control, they get furious. And they have this overreaction thing against you that's a, that's a real shock. And some of them go, you've ruined my dream. And I'm thinking, well, you're not supposed to have one. It says lose your life to find it. Aren't you supposed to follow Christ? And it takes you places where you're out of control and you trust him and it leads you to things because he knows you better than you know yourself and he takes you into what really fulfills you, not what you think will fulfill you. Um. She says, uh, living in isolation without mentors sometimes leads easily to making wrong assumptions about all sorts of situations and people and draws wrong conclusions. More connection comes through vulnerability than presenting a false image. She goes, what defines you is not your feelings. Feelings don't define you. They reveal stuff to you about yourself. She said, your actions in the world is what defines you. Disentangle from what you think your life should look like. The most important promise from God for you is, I will be with you. Um, and sometimes being with God, most of the time it's nice and he backs you up and he helps you, but I just found this funny story. And sometimes 
haven't got in your lives like this. Um, there was this wise mother, this is an old story, and she was worried about her son, you know, that he was living with this girl and they were sharing the thing and he goes, now, mum, I'm not sleeping with her and she, she was convinced he was, but she didn't say anything. Anyway, she, the mother had came and stayed, you know, and they, and they were in separate rooms. Anyway, after she goes, he can't find the soup ladle. The soup ladle's like a giant spoon, you know, you dish the soup up with. He can't find it, so he sends a, like an email today to be sending an email. Now, mum, we can't find the soup ladle. I'm not saying you took it, and I'm not saying you didn't, but do you know where the soup ladle is? And she sends a message back saying, son, I'm not saying you're sleeping with Mary, and I'm not saying you're not. But if she had slept in her own bed last night, she would have found the soup ladle by now. <laughs> and I thought, sometimes God just convicts you, doesn't he? And it's okay. He knows you're not perfect. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. But sometimes he wants to lead you and guide you and, he, and he'll convict. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Three points. Sometimes life comes against you. Um, Matthew 6 found this one this morning. It was interesting, Matthew 6, 23. It's just good to um, have a positive self-evaluation sometimes with your own life. It says this, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? And I think that's why there's so many traps in this life. So I could get hassled and bitter and angry with someone who treats me unfairly. But if I let that in, like it, it gets in, it has a go and I get angry. But if I don't deal with it and it takes over and that root of bitterness sits there, then I'm going to have trouble in all my relationships. And I'm going to get judgmental and angry and push it down. And then it's going to come out against someone who just hits that raw nerve. Have you ever done a, a little thing wrong in, the, in traffic? And some guy will just freak out. He wants to punch your head in because he's got all this undealt with stuff in his life and there's this road rage because you, you looked the wrong way or you didn't thank them or whatever it is. So you have to be careful of that stuff so that the light that you have is kind of accurate and true. And sometimes we've got to... But the hardest thing to lead, your biggest battle isn't the enemy. Your biggest battle is leading yourself. That's the hardest thing to do in this life. And you will get good at it if, if you keep doing it. And the Holy Spirit helps you a lot with that. Um, so the devil, in this case, resisted where Jesus is heading to. It's not so much where you are in life. What he's trying to do is cut you off from where you're headed to in God. And sometimes he's, he's tricky with that. Um, yeah, I've already made that point. Just... Moses is a really interesting how God uses all things for good because some really unfair stuff happened to him. So Pharaoh wants to kill all the Jewish kids when Moses is born. The, the soldiers are going through the town killing babies with the sword. So in a panic, his parents put him in a little floating, you know, wicker basket and just throw him in the river. Just... Maybe some way he can stay alive. Pharaoh's daughter finds him and that innocent baby thing, how it affects people, falls in love with the baby, adopts the baby, 
um, realise it's a Hebrew's baby and one of her servants recommends to her, why don't you get one of the Hebrew women to come and be the baby's nurse? She just finds the nearest one, which happens to be Moses' mother and takes her in to look after Moses. So watch this. This is really unfair. So now instead of being brought up with his own people, he's raised in Pharaoh's palace. That's a bit unfair, but the consolation is his own mum's caring for him. But the biggest consolation is that in the long term, he would eventually have to lead the nation of Egypt, which would lead Israel to being saved instead of the whole nation dying from a famine, they would be rescued. So he had to learn the ways of the Egyptians, the most intelligent culture on the earth at that time, and he was trained in all their ways. It made him a fantastic leader. Can you see what's going on? He's caught up in God's battle. Unfair things happen. The consolations are there. God gives you consolations in trials that help you through. And then one day it all makes sense. That's why for all of us, stuff, bad stuff that's happened, we look back and now we understand it. But when you're going through it, how badly does it suck, eh? Okay. Hopefully that helps. Second thing, sometimes you face opposition for doing the right thing. God doesn't expect you to feel strong all the time. Uh, there's an accuser of the brethren which will say things against you. In fact, people are suckers for the accuser of the brethren because when we judge people unfairly, it's almost like the enemy of the accuser gets on us and makes us make false accusations against people. And it's really dumb to do that because God deals with that. And the, the way scripture talks about it is that judgment comes back on you and damages you. It'll reduce you, not, not them. Um, but let me just read this scripture I got today because it sort of, I went, whoa! It was a big reminder. So I want you to watch this. So in the New Testament, you don't read a lot of it in the Bible, but predestination and foreknowledge are just dotted around a bit. And this is out of Ecclesiastes, which is an Old Testament book. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, says this in chapter 6. Everything has already been decided... It was known long ago what each person would be, not what they would do, what they would be or what they would become. So there's no use arguing with God about your destiny. Now that shocked me, but it sort of corrected me and got me <laughs> to the right theology because th this is what it did to me. I went from, it depends on us and we better behave ourselves and you know what I mean, and do that, to, hey, I'm going to heaven because I've put my life in God's hands. He's going to see that I get there. But this is, not, <laughs> this is not the easy ride that so many Christians want. <laughs> this is the tough ride. This is, and there's scriptures that say this, God's guaranteeing your inheritance. But he can only guarantee it if it depends on him and not on you. Whoa. The control is taken out of our hands. But he's determined you get there. It says he'll finish the work he has begun. So even if you backslide and do really bad stuff, you will suffer for it and he will let you suffer enough until it breaks you and you turn and come back to him. And he's really determined on that. And it seems to me now that I'm an old guy that trials are absolutely essential in our lives for us to learn those lessons 
But like I said before, the key promise is that he will be in the trial with you. That's, that's the main thing. Um, I wanted to ring the bell. Uh, because I find in life, you know, you kind of run out and you get tired and you think, I don't think I'm going to make it, but then God gives you this second wind. <laughs> Benny Hoffman, I was talking about before, had a word for the church about the bell lap. And he said to all us old people, I'm asking you for one more lap. And I used to do a lot of athletics, and I can remember when you heard that bell, it was just the best thing in long distance running. It was like, thank God. Only one lap to go. But God will give you a second win. And I thought, I was just thinking of these three things in Scripture. Um, when Jesus was in the garden and felt overwhelmed, remember he was sweating drops of blood, it was really heavy for him. An angel was sent to minister to him. When Elijah was fleeing Jezebel and freaking out because he thought he was going to die, an angel was sent to minister to him. When Jesus was carrying the cross and he stumbled and he couldn't do it anymore, a helper was sent to him to help him carry his cross. And I was thinking back to my college days, and this is like God's determination to get you <laughs> to where he needs you to be. So um, I was a mature age student around 26 when I went to teacher's college. I met Roz. All her friends were 17 and I liked 17 and 18-year-old girls, so I thought teacher's college was great. But I was pretty dumb at Teachers College and I was really having trouble getting through a few subjects. But God put, I realise now, I didn't realise it at the time, people there to get me through. I was failing music and you had to have a guitar test, right? Anyway, I completely bombed it. And the guy said to me, look, we need guy teachers, so just remember these three chords and just go into the next teacher and just play these three chords and he'll pass you and you'll get through music. That helped. They found out I was colourblind and you weren't supposed to be colourblind and be a school teacher. But they said, we need guy school teachers. There's a shortage of them. So when you go in to do the colourblind test, here's the first three numbers. Because you won't... Have you ever done that number colourblind test? Anyway, if you're colourblind, you see different numbers to everyone else. So he goes, don't tell them the numbers you see, for goodness sake. Tell them these numbers, 27, 84 and 33. So I passed the colourblind test. That was true. And then, and this is a funny one, in my last year, uh, I was doing a prac at a school and their PE teacher quit. His name was Simon Booth. He used to play first grade for Manly Ringer. And he quit and they said, we desperately need a PE teacher. I applied for the job, but I hadn't finished college. But they were so desperate because guy teachers were hard to find. They said, we're going to get you to teach a lesson in front of the whole school, in front of all the teachers, and a group of them will quiz you after it, and you'll have to do really well. But if you do, you'll get the job. And I got the job. So, but I still had to finish teacher's college, so I went to the head you know, lecturer and I said, you know, I've got this opportunity. She said, great, I'll get an exemption for you from drama, so on that day you can go and teach PE all day at that school. And I got paid. And guess what? The only subject I got a distinction in in my whole college career, but I never went to one lesson, was drama. <laughs> Isn't that funny? But it's like I'm just there, you know, failing teacher's college. And what's the purpose for me to pass teacher's college? No, this was my training to be a pastor because there is no better training for a, <laughs> to be a pastor than to be locked in a schoolroom with 30 kids all day learning how to be a shepherd. So, but God put these people there 
and gave them kindness toward me that helped me get. And you will find that in your life. He'll be there. Some doors will shut and you'll think, oh my God, that's so unfair. I really wanted that. But other doors will open that you don't deserve and God will steer you and get you into what he has for you, the things that will take you forward into your future. Um, mm, all right. Just think about this and we'll, and we'll start closing. Um, our favourite school teachers, if you look back, I was thinking of three of mine. Um, mm. it, the thing I noticed that was similar about them was this. It wasn't that they taught us good info. It was that they set an example of how to move and act in the world. Um, they gave us a better idea of how to be human, really, and move around on the earth. And that was what I loved about them. It was, it was who they were, not so much what they, what they told you. And I learned so much. And I thought, that's the sort of person God wants you to be because sometimes it's just the little thing you do that will have a far bigger effect than what you can ever imagine. And sometimes you think you're having no effect. You know, I did sports chaplaincy for 12 years with the Newcastle Breakers and the Newcastle Jets. I was Australia's first National Soccer League chaplain. And 12 years, I led about two to three people to Christ in 12 years. Not, not a big return, eh? But when I first started, there was a guy named Pat Clark, was the CEO of the Breakers, and his mother-in-law was dying of cancer. I went around to visit and she asked me, could I baptise her? So she wasn't well enough to get in a pool, so I just tipped some water over her head. And then Pat Clark's wife said, could you baptise me too? And I baptised her and we had a nice time and I went home. Um, I think it was over 20 years later, he now comes to our church and he's a Christian and his wife's a Christian and they come to our church. And, you know, I'd sort of given up thinking, well, that, you know, sports chelsea was a bit of a waste of time. There wasn't much fruit coming through. But then 20 years later, <sighs> now I want you to hear this story because this guy thought he wasn't having much an effect and I'll, I'll finish with this. Um, uh, this is you know, from the archives, but a Second World War story about B-17 bombers, because dad, Ros's dad used to be the navigator in a B-17 bomber in the Second World War. Hope delivers us from the despair that nothing we do matters. In the Second World War, a B-17 bomber that flew a bombing mission over Germany in the latter days of the war, the plane was hit several times by shells and flak with some of the hits directly hitting the fuel tank. Miraculously, the bomber did not explode. When it landed, 11 unexploded shells were taken out of the fuel tank. The shells were dismantled and to the amazement of everyone, all were empty of explosives. Inside of one shell was a note written in Czech. Translated, it read, this is all we can do for now. A member of the Czech underground working in a German munitions factory had emitted the explosives in at least 11 of the shells on his assembly line. He probably wondered often if the quiet work he was doing was making any difference to anyone. Just a little thing sometimes, hey? A little seed, a small thing. Don't worry about your weaknesses. Just get up and keep trying to follow God. The, the little things you do, you can be stunned and amazed at the, at the differences it makes. Hmm.
because it's not who you are, it's whose you are. And like that weird scripture out of Ecclesiastes, eh? if he's decided you're going to get there, you're going to get there. Because becoming a Christian is putting your life in his hands. It's going, you're in control, I'm not. So he takes you seriously. He will get you there. But you go through stuff. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.